it's the business. Ooh. Even Ooh. look in the mirror like it's the Yeah. Let's hop to my tennis shoes. I have a swimming pool. Get rid of cool. We get rid of fools. <laughs> that's uh that's my real that I'm both. Hey, 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 you know what though? Hey, this is hey, this is why it's funny. This is this is why it's very funny. One, we have people walking through the show. I mean, that's really cool too. But what's very funny is that you two could be so happy with what happened to y'all this week. Oh, we feel it good. Freddie T tweeting and texting during the game. Look at us. We won game two. We didn't even want to win it. Y'all didn't want to win game Chan, two. Chan, we weren't tripping on game two. I know, because y'all was getting y'all ass whooped. No, I understand what was happening, but you acting like it was just. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to let him beat us no, by 18 No, no. You guys had like a five-run inning, and it's like, Florida Gators, we're so great. Oh, look at us. Caglione. Oh, we're going to have a top three pick. Guess what? We're going to have one and two, and then what happened the next day? Y'all set a record. Look, we set a record for hits. Bah! 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 We had a pitcher. Best pitcher in the country. We warming him up. The man never had to pitch. We pitched freshmen, finishing the game, stunting on y'all. I bought y'all both, but because I know that you guys haven't touched the championship in a long time. I bought the listen both of you LSU hats to wear on our next show. So the next show that we do, I have LSU hats for both of you because I know it's important for you, Freddie. Chan, you wear hats as well. I have both of you LSU hats. Now you can feel like a champion. That was nice. That was nice. You got to the point yet? Yeah, that we what beat y'all. That we are the champions again. That that now we're just so used to doing this, they don't know where it started. Right? On ESPN, they were like, Angel Reese. Oh, no. That was Joe Burrow that did it. Like, we're just doing it for all sports now. We're the littest school. We're the littest school in athletics in NCAA. Right you know what? That's true. Hold up. Limitless. Biggest to me, in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on the mission, get me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, only vision I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Uh, Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on the mission, get me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, I, you know what? I got to tip my hat to your alma mater. You know, but you don't have to rub it in our face. Right? No, 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 no. The all-sport championship always goes through Florida. The all-sport championship goes through Florida. Y'all don't even know. Every single year I tell people that and they want to make fun of it. It's basketball. It's football. It's, it's, it's the major sports. No. Florida runs NCAA athletics. Jay, but y'all haven't won anything. runs. But it's saying, but you know what I'm saying? It, you ain't got you ain't got to always win. No, <laughs> you just got to be good. Sometimes you be two and three, like you know what I'm saying. Sometimes you be two and three. Freddie T, are you gonna wear a hat for me? No. Oh, that dog, no, that. No, that, no, I'm sorry. No, that, no, that, no you know what? That's the thing. We 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 got we got to do what we got to do. Thank you. You know what? Even so much, I went on Nike ID when I got the exclusive alert, and I made some LSU colored uh, dunk. And you gonna wear them? But they got Kobe Bryant forever on their back. But, you know, <laughs> so as long Laker as you don't look at their back, they're Laker dogs. So they're Laker You know dogs. what I'm saying? But no, seriously, LSU is, is showing themselves as a powerhouse, 
And I think what they're doing in the transfer portal with NILs, what you did with basketball, now with baseball, football has already been there. It's going to be hard to compete with. I would say it, it, it's always an arms race, and I would say LSU figured it out. Well, I think the, the thing that we've learned to do, like honestly, like all jokes aside, we've used NIL probably better than anybody has because we haven't just focused on football, right. right? The highest, we have a gymnast who has the highest NIL earnings or projection in the entire country. She's actually not even the best gymnast on our team. Angel Reese, Flage Johnson, right now Dylan Cruz, Skeens. We have all of these guys that we're putting money into all of the sports, not just focusing on the one. And now when you're Van Leith and you're over at Louisville and you're going back and forth with Caitlin Clark, you're like, hold on, wait, I could go be a star and compete with those girls that are on that team? I just think that that's why we're far ahead. But not everybody really wants to be a star. We could be like the Jets. And because the Jets, it's like, oh, hey guys, we want you on Hard Knocks. Oh, no, we can't do Hard Knocks. We're too good. We have Aaron Rodgers now. Why would we ever do Hard Knocks? We went to Detroit last year. Yeah. Right. Detroit ends up having a really good season. They're a team that fights their way to having a winning season. But people fell in love with Detroit. Jamal Williams, right? Now you got your Dan Campbell as Dan a coach. Campbell. Everybody's fired up to the, the, the way that he gives speeches, the heart that he has for his team. Robert Sala could be the exact same way, but they don't want it. Chan, you, you, you'd, be, you'd become a star on Hard Knocks. On hard knocks. You'd but become a star. What does it do? What does it do for the Lions? For the, for the Lions, right? For the Lions now, right? Made it's a team what? that won. It's a team that ended up winning. They became America's darlings, though. People started to cheer. People started to tune in. You knew dudes on that team from watching Hard Knocks that you didn't know before the season started. So it's different. And it is different, and that's good, and that's what Hard Knocks wants to do is get that attention. The Hard Knocks thing, I love it. I love it. I love the insight. I really do. I enjoy Hard Knocks, and I watch it every single year, no matter what team is on it. But for the organizations, if you see the top organization, what do they do? Top organizations don't have to do it, though. If you go win it, you ain't got to do it. So, so, so... What's what's the thing for the for the for the underdogs for the no, young guys? It, it, it what's all, the positive? Of what what do I always say? What do I always say? Like you said, the top teams they don't need it necessarily. What do I always say? Exposure leads to expansion. Expansion. So the teams that are here, or if they anticipate this team is going to have a good season. That's where they insert hard knocks. And think about it: the old model of the NFL, we're always under the helmet. We got to be able to market these players. Fan engagement. I think Hard Knocks is genius. I remember the years when they first started, they came to Jacksonville. We needed it in Jacksonville. The coaches, the inside, the front office, we as an organization have to learn to manage the distractions. That's at home. It has nothing to do with the outside stuff. You're going to go out there and ball? You're going to go out there and ball. Hell, I know when the cameras are on me, I f turn up. I want the cameras on me in practice. I'm gonna practice harder, I'm gonna go harder. I might talk more shit. I'm gonna let my homeboy know, yo, cameras are gonna give it a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna go back and do my thing. So I think the Jets, they need it. They got a whole new thing going on with Aaron Rodgers and the young receivers and, and Sauce on the other side defensively. It's a big opportunity for them. So if they show the world who they really are, then they go out there and match that intensity on the field and win like I think they can. The Jets can win at the AFC East. They can.
The Jets. Yeah. Miami could fizzle out. Bro, I like Miami. Miami is Buffalo, the front runner. Buffalo's won it three years in a row. 13, 13, what, well, 13 and four last year or something like that. Bro. The Miami Dolphins, what they're doing right now, and Jalen Ramsey on the other side of Xavier Howard with, with Tyreek Hill. With Jalen Waddle, with uh, Raheem Mostert. I did Mostert. not say yeah, they were the Miami away. Dolphins have four of the fastest people in the NFL at the top eight. I didn't and say they were going to win it. I didn't say they were going to win it. Keyword, I said can. But the point is this, though, They're right? going to be competitive. There is, but there is no team, there is no team that now has, has a more interesting core of people for that show. Aaron Rodgers is somehow fascinating to everyone. Right, the reason that he's on Pat McAfee every Tuesday sitting on his couch is because he's Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers has this conspiracy theorist way of thinking that everybody loves because they can't understand it, right? They don't know what it is. It's just provocative. It gets the people going, and right? So they lock in to what Aaron Rodgers is saying. And now Aaron Rodgers has said, now being with the Jets, in the future, we can have the best player at each position on side of the ball and Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. People gonna wanna see that. Robert Sala has like this kind of aura of tough guyness that Dan Campbell has, right? That, that kind of like, he, he swole up, bald head. When he go golf, he wear top tight pants and tight shirt so you can see. Like, he has that. Go be a star then. Go become a star or go show us how well you coach. I feel like there's a level of insecurity when you don't want to do hard knocks. Because they can't stop you from doing your business. No, 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 no. It's not insecurity. It's irrelevant. And I enjoy hard knocks. It's something more. As Robert Salas says there, as Dan Campbell last year, they now have to figure out a way to now do what they're doing day to day to day and also appease hard knocks. I love hard knocks. But as a young coach, why would you want to put that on your plate? Why would you want to put that in your in your in your building where are these young guys and we know these guys they don't they do not need more distractions and I sound like the old uncle that's just mad at the world Freddie what you just say I have to go to my teammates and say hey I'm going to amp it up for the I'm going to amp it up for the cameras today a little bit Put a little know, sauce but, on. Why, but why would you want a young team? Why would you want a sauce well, garden? But no, the reason, the reason, the reason, the reason, the reason. Why would you want them to have no, to go to each other? I'm, say, a, hey, no, I'm a veteran. I said it. I'm a veteran. I know how to show up. What's the one common denominator in in sports? Definitely in the NFL. When you're talking about players, even coaches, is is competing and it's challenges. It's opportunity. Dan Campbell. He welcomed the opportunity. They went out there, they embraced it, they went and had a good season. The Detroit Lions, probably been the worst team in the last decade. They embraced the opportunity. Salah, no different. Allow Hard Knocks to come into to the uh, stadium, into the facility. Just open it up, man. Show everybody your personality, what you bring to the table. Or you could just get a tattoo on your face <laughs> when the dude dead. Hold up. You, <laughs> you, you stopped my thought man, for I that. Wasn't, I wasn't trying to stop your thought. I was trying to help it, and you stopped talking. You know what? So, that, that, it might look like when Channing got the stripper for, um, for, for uh, Nick Saban. <laughs> for Nick Saban. Got to tighten him up. Hey. The tattoos and all. <laughs> Chan. like $2 tat. Chan, and I've been wanting to talk to you about this for sure. Freddie's so level-headed that I already know where Fred's going to go. But I think you're going to surprise some people here. Right? I think I do. I do. Right? So Zion Williamson, weeks ago, comes out and he makes an announcement. 
it's a, a announcement that he and his current woman, I think her name is Akima, that they're expecting a baby. Mm -hmm. And because they're expecting a baby, Mariah Mills, who some may be familiar with, I know not you, but some people may be- I'm sorry, sir. Some people may be familiar with her. She goes on this Twitter rant, ends up getting suspended from Twitter. She's at him, to me, in what could be considered a level of harassment, right? And then now, over the uh, over last weekend, I don't know whether it's true or not, if she really got it, you never really saw the needle touch her face. Apparently, or at least she wants the world to think, or Zion to think, whatever, that she got his name tattooed on her face. Mm -hmm. My question is this. The way that people were dragging him or the way that different pundits were saying things about him and giving true critique on who he was as a man. My thought process is that Zion Williamson has done nothing wrong. To your point, what did he do wrong? What did he do wrong off the court? Your sex life is what it is. I know you're, you're laying it out perfectly, RC, and I appreciate what you're doing. It's his sex life. What does this sex life have to do with other people? We can go back to Paul Pierce when he, when he got in trouble with ESPN, but he was already retired. I just want people to think about the guys off the court or off the court. What they do is what they do off the court. Zion, and we've all seen the stories, and the reason she's getting the, the, the Zion tattoo right on her face is because supposedly there was something right on her face there. Read the story. What was on her and face? And it's nasty. What, I don't know. Said what he, was on her said face? He spit on her and all that stuff. Like me and you know me and Asia get down. <laughs> I don't know. I might have. You know, it, it is what it is. It's nasty. It's nasty type shit. But what does that have to do? The thing that upset me about that story, RC, to answer your question, is that people were saying that the Pelicans need to trade him because she requested him to get traded. They need to trade him because he's played in 39% of games since he's been in the league. That's why they need to trade him. I don't believe in Zion Williamson. He's overweight. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't take his job seriously. This is how I feel about Zion Williamson. He will never, never maximize his ability because of the fact of what he does and how he treats his body. That's why the Pelicans should move on from him and bring whatever they can. Let's ask but, this. But no, but Freddie. Mm -hmm. For anybody to question a guy off the court, what he does, who he's spitting on, what he's doing, if he's having unprotected sex, I don't care if you get herpes. I really don't. If you can dunk and drop, have herpes and drop 38 points a night. Nobody you're cares. You're my favorite player in the world, drop 38. You can have whatever you want. You can get, you can get, I don't even know if chlamydia is still around. Get chlamydia and drop 44 a night. <laughs> Chlamydia, get your ass out there and ball. <laughs> I don't care about that. And that's the part, that's the part that I'm upset with when people are talking about an organization worrying about somebody's off the court life and go on the court with it. Those are separate pieces. Those right. are separate places. So we'll just we'll just meet in the middle. But no, seriously, seriously. How much of that what he's doing off the court in his private life, how much of that do you think is affecting the fact that he's only played in 39 games? Those extracurriculars, you know, I, I, I was in Miami heavy back in my days, and I had my share of injuries, and I buttoned it up at midpoint in my career. I was like, 
this is what I got to do to stay healthy, and the game got easy. You know what I'm saying? How much of his extracurriculars do you believe can is I, affecting so his I, career? So can I yeah, no, both of you guys. So, can, both you guys. so, so here, is, here is my thought process on it, right? It depends on how much of those extracurriculars have to do with what Chan calls running. Right, we're we're like we we don't see pictures. Rest is involved. Yeah, but but we but we don't see Zion Williamson out all the time. There isn't pictures of him always in the club. There isn't pictures of him always in the streets. He's not at every event. Let's just say you a young dude who has one woman. And you know, like Chan mentions it all the time. You know, him and Asia they might do whatever. Right? If you're getting as nasty as you want every single day with the same chick. Right. If it's the same amount of activity as Zion was doing with whomever he was doing it with, is that going to affect the way you play? Would we look at him and say to him, hey, man, you and this one woman that you're always with and you're always spending time with is that we wouldn't. What it is, is the situation got messy. People people do not handle things in home anymore, right? We haven't grew up in a place where, we haven't grown up in a world where one-on-one communication is what's paramount anymore. I don't have to look you in your eyes and have a conversation with you and get an answer from you that matters to me. I gotta get an answer from everybody else. And because, and because we as people are so effed up, we need help. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we're scared to go to somebody and say, you know what? I'm effed up, but I feel like you've effed over me as well. I have a problem with it. Let's have a discussion. So instead of doing that, let me go to my 1.1 million followers who know nothing, who know nothing about me, whether I'm a good woman, whether I've done right, all these things, and I'm going to put out private messages or I'm going to let people know what's going on with us. And now this man has to deal with that. And I get it. Don't do it if you don't want to deal with it. I get that. But an unmarried, single man right for to and to now have to to deal with that the part about playing is fine that's a fair assessment on who he is and how he approaches the game but now man like the jokes and the way people getting at him you know like even it's i had one slipped out i was like man shoot baltimore is gonna have more options than zion williamson maybe zion only had two but i just think that we have to be very careful in taking someone's personal life in that sense and saying that could be a reason why they aren't playing well. And it's funny. No, no, no. To your point, quickly. Phillip Rivers, he got like 14 kids or something crazy. Phillip Rivers gives his wife pure D hell every day. Phillip Rivers got a lot of kids. No, he does, for real. He gives his wife hell every day. But he at home. Is it a difference? No, it's no difference. If if Phillip is having sex every day, and Zion's having sex every day, but Phillip's having sex with his wife every day, and Zion's having sex with four or five women every day, but they get the same amount of sleep. They get the same amount of, of rest. They, they, they're, they're eating. Their, their diet is the same. Why do we judge them differently? And that's my problem with this whole situation about judging Zion and questioning him. I can question his... his I question his availability because you've seen it. And that's the and difference. And when he plays, he is a monster. Yeah, but, but that's if he the difference, play, He's not a monster. What's the difference? 14 girls. It, it's Fred, it, it's Fred, no Fred, difference. Fred, Wait, no, Fred, I don't want to debate you. A nut. I don't want to get a, into a, 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 yellow a, nut, a nut with one woman or a nut with six women. You still get a nut, you still go to bed at 12. Wait, time out, though. I, I, the, <laughs> I, I, think, but Chan, I think that's different, right? Like How? 14. 
14 in one wow. day to one in one day is a, is a different, the difference? It's a different level but of activity. The, the, the major <laughs> difference is we sit here and have these conversations, but this is us. This is the pivot. Like, we take it easy on people. The, the, the oh, real, take it easy? The real media. No, nah, Channing won't take it. But the real media. Like, the guys who really get paid for it, they sleep, eat, shit it every day. The difference is, like you said, availability. Philip, he wasn't injured. As long as Zion is injured, that's the biggest difference. But before we drop step, pivot, and go one, to the next second. conversation. Okay, so, because I know, I know you got something to say. But it also just goes to the overall athletic mindset of, if you're balling, I can accept certain things. Bingo. Like if you if you are if, if Zion played seventy five games this year and was available in the playoffs Will and was, play, and was playing the way he played early on in his career, like we would love that, you know. And like even like think about, and I just remember being 11, 12 years old, however old I was, when Magic Johnson made the announcement, and just remembering that he was a baller and that he was likable. And I was sad. It, at that age, it didn't even equate to me that it meant he might have been running woman and, not, and women. And now I've heard those stories later on in night in life as I've aged, but it still was like, oh, like that's just how magic lived. And it tells you, especially in America, man, the things that we are willing to forgive successful, especially men for. And I think Zion's problem is, like you said, not being available and now having these things come out, you can't not produce and then also have trash things like this happen off the court. So, major drop step like Zion, let's pivot. Since we're talking about Messi, that, that's all Messi. The BET award, well first let me back it up. Clout chasing is at an all time high. I think that's what the attention for the tattoo and all of that, and that's the end of that. But the BET awards, Messi, what do you guys think, what's the state of the BET Awards. Remember back in the day, we used to get excited to watch these award shows, right? You guys got excited? I got excited. Yeah. Because it was, it was, it was more so uh, inspirations and black excellence and all that different stuff. Now it's like, what's this? And I hope they can pivot and change it up because Tyler Perry bought it and I support him. And I hope he's the right man for the job. But that ain't what, like, okay, for example, if you have a young uh, aspiring artist go to these type of shows, you want to go there and they want to see the Beyonce's, the Mariah's, the people that, you know, inspired them to go do music. They ain't getting that. I, I think we got to figure it out. Fred, what you guys think? Fred, it's what I always say. Don't, don't say this podcast is a great black podcast. This show is a great black show. This show is a great show. That's what I always tell people. Don't Put us, don't put us in the category of we're a great thing that with black people. We're just great and black people are involved in it. And I think that's what the BET Awards have to do. Because now it is, it was grimy this year, to your point. It was grimy, it was, we all saw it, you know, Tyler Perry, hopefully he can change it. But there's a standard that is set that you have to beat, you have to chase, you have to run. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't be competing for the best thing in this color of people. You should, be keeping, you should be competing in the best thing that's on TV. And I think that's what we lost it. And I think that's why this year I was embarrassed by the BET Awards and how it was run and people not showing up, nobody being involved, people winning and not even being there. 
it's not important to anyone. And that's what we have to get back. With but the I think, and right, isn't that isn't that what happens though? Like black people and culturally, you invent, and not just black people. I think in all in all walks of life, if you look at the LGBTQ community, it's when you won't open a certain door, we now create our own room, right? And we create our own room to be in that space. But the spaces we always wanted to be in were the spaces we weren't allowed in. And so back in the day, there was such a sense of pride to be able to go to the BET Awards and to be able to perform. Like I remember Drake had to perform from a chair his first year because he had tore his ACL or something like that. But he wanted to be there so badly because the Jay-Z's would go, because the Beyonce's would go, that he went still. And it's very much like I said at the end of Travis's show, like we have to take pride. We have to value it first. And I know, Chan, for you, it's like, okay, I don't, I don't want it to be the best black whatever. Why don't we just be the best individually? Right? Why don't, don't why don't mentalize yourself into, okay, now there's black people involved. This is the best of black this. No, just be the best. And black people are involved. That's my that's my point with all of this. Well, I think though, it has it, it certainly has deteriorated, but you have to look at the channel as a whole, right? You have to look at the fact that we would rush home to go watch 106 at Park, even though I knew Bow Wow was gonna have a song on there for 62 weeks. Right? It was going to go from 1 to 10, and I was going to watch it every week, whether it was Free, AJ, Roxy, whoever it was, because it was what we did. We went in for that destination viewing. There were certain things that we looked at the channel as a whole for. That has changed, right? Like, like, and so as that has changed, the music has been drawn out of it, which kept those people around. Cause you were gonna go perform on 106 Park. They were gonna have like the, the spring fling and all those things that people go to. And so as that has gone away, I believe the interest in being a part of that has happened. And the other thing is too, man, it's like young stars are different now, yeah. right? Think about, cause at a time, our young R&B star was Beyonce. Our young R&B star was Usher. Right, our young rap star was Jay Z, and it was Outkast. Right, like these were these were like true artists to the game. And guess what? You couldn't be seen if you didn't go to the BET Awards. If you got a mother effing TikTok and you got an Instagram, you don't need the awards. And I just think that like the time is so different. And as we, what we've done is we're like the old, we're the old form that are now adjusted to the new form, and it's met in the middle and made the pivot. That's what BET has to find a way. They, they do have to find a way, but much like, um, <clears throat> like you say, if you can get out there, you can allow a platform, you have all these other award shows that haven't really lost a step, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're still the top of the top. They're running 50, 60, 70 years, and still running now, all of the big awards. I think so. What, you, you so what would the big awards be? Grammys, the, MTV Awards, and we can be right there. And billboards, right? Yeah, they, they Seems, can be right uh, there. Country music. The three eyes, right? You're talking about interest, right? Uh, inspiration. We need our pe the people that look like us to be there to inspire us to want to be there and impact. You know, much like what take take Jason Lee for example, right? With the uh, Hollywood Unlocked Impact Awards, we attended. 
And in that building, in that room, wasn't it beautiful or not? Yeah. It was 99% people that looked like us, and they did an amazing job of just really giving back. People that have impacted the culture, and we can continue to do that. It's a, you got to lead with positivity. A lot of that, what we saw on the BET Awards, and I, and I really, really, like, there's transparency and realness, and I'm cool with that, because it's, I like to say it's my people. But at the, sometimes, man, you got to turn the camera the other fucking way, because that shit don't make no sense. It's fucking pathetic. And it makes you, not that I, I look down on them, and I'm not, but it, it, it's, it's like, come on, we could do a little bit better. Freddie T, but what, you, do what you're better. doing is, like, you're bringing these people together who, that's who they are. But I think it's unfair to say, turn the camera, or it's unfair to ask people to behave ways that are different that you don't, that you don't promote. Like, you, pro, you promote that behavior. That behavior has made certain people famous. Those people who Probably. those people who may behave in a certain way, if they behave in that way, if I'm JT and I throw a phone at Uzi, somebody's gonna wanna put me on a podcast to ask me about throwing a phone at Uzi. And if I'm sitting next to that person that's asking me the question about the podcast or about the phone, they're not gonna say to me, hey, you shouldn't throw that phone to him because it feels that way. You shouldn't throw that phone at him because it feels that way. You know why? And you know how I know? Because we sit up here, bro, and we very rarely do that, right? We, we have to, we have to, we give people the space and we'll ask the question and we've asked hard questions and we try to dive into things, but we don't try to change the way somebody is. We don't try to change the way that somebody acts or the way somebody else behaves. And so if we, now, we wouldn't tell her come on here to talk about throwing the phone, but somebody will. Right? Somebody will put that on Instagram four million times. Real Housewives of whatever, Real Housewives of Potomac, this dude, they're getting divorced. People love it, and we embrace it. Our culture embraces the bullshit of that. To your point, they no, love that. I'm gonna the say Real this. Housewives hey. of all that, bro. We love it, Chan. and we support it, Chan. and that's why they want to do it. Of, listen, I all cultures, I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to let us do that because... We ain't on Real Housewives of Orange County and they cut the food. And we ain't on Vanderpump. We ain't on Shaws of Sunset. So all the, like, that's what reality is. It's not that the just our TV. culture embraces it. No, yeah. no, no. The, rea the, the whole culture embraces it. And we've been a part of some of them. And I've seen how those things are shot. And when they come to you, you know what they say? Hey, how do you feel about this dude? Oh, that's my ace. How, how do you know what I feel about this couple? Oh, man. We've been, we've been cool with them for 10 years. How you feel about them? We don't really fool with them. Like, we don't know them. Okay, y'all need to have dinner. It's, it's what the structure of those shows are. On all cultures, it's what the structure of those cultures are. And that's what people love. They embrace. They don't want to see positivity. They don't want to see happy families. Like, me, Asian, the kids. Like, we, we've told shows before, like, I don't know what y'all want to do with us, but we're happy on the weekend, y'all want to come film us? We're going to be in the pool hanging out. We're going to go fishing in the backyard. Like, it's normal. That, that's not fun. That's not cool to people. It's what, it's what consumers have figured out that they want to see, and that's what they want, and every culture embraces it. But when it's the black culture, it, 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 puts, a, it puts a spotlight on, okay, yeah, this is what they want. This is what they like. This is what they do. 
because of the fact that we have to bring up that it's the black culture. If you think about it, oh, this is just normal TV. Do they call, do they call HBO and Showtime and all these shows, do they call them white shows? No. What do they call them? Shows. But then when Tyler Perry makes something, what does he call it? Black show. A black show. So we're fighting, for, we're fighting from behind. Really, we're fighting from 400 years behind, to be honest, and slavery and all that, Jim Crow, we, we can really get into it. We're fighting from behind. But when our people gravitate towards that, it is so sad and I hate it, but it's what, the, it's what everybody wants. To your point, everybody wants drama. Everybody wants the trauma. Everybody wants the... The viral moment. The viral moment. And then when it's us, we're, we're so far behind, and now that's, that's, nor, that's normal size. That's normality, and I hate that shit 100%. But, but the, the, you, you brought up something that I think is important. You brought up, like, authenticity, right, and being real, saying that if you talked about three couples, that was y'all aces, right? They're not going to tell you to hang with that couple. They'll tell you to hang with the couple you are cool with. And maybe there could be friction there. Or maybe you have to learn to, to get along with one another, all of those things. I have been not struggling because I don't struggle with a lot. I was sitting down in Austin last week. I was training some guys, and the lady, she works, and she's a counselor, and she's a therapist to some of the players. And she sits next to me, and she goes, I just want to thank you. And I was like, for what? She said, because of your show and the safe space that you guys provide for athletes and the safe space that you guys provide for entertainers where they can come there and they can be vulnerable and they can talk about mental health. And I immediately, I didn't feel like a fraud, right? Because I never, I never come over here and lie. Like, I just don't. I won't say it if I got to lie. But I was like, I have to be honest with you. I said, I am actually not who creates or who works purposely to create a space. I said, I'm actually trying to learn, right? I said, because I grew up differently than that. You know, like I grew up, and I talk about it all the time, pushing through. I said, so really I'm asking those questions so I can now understand what people are going through. But what I have to ask y'all is too, how much pressure or how important do you think it is in our platform to be honest, to be real, to be authentic, right? To, to be able to walk off of these sets and when people see us, that's exactly who we are, that's exactly what we think. And if they think something differently, like that woman thought I was like creating this great safe space for this, and I was like, no, ma'am, I'm trying to learn because I actually don't think like that. How much pressure do you think it is for us to be exactly what we are every day once these cameras come on? Yeah, they, there's, a, there's a meme or a caption floating around Instagram lately talking about um, honesty makes it easy for everybody. You know, so when we get on here and we're truthful and we're honest, it makes my job easy just to open up and, and speak to that. I think our conversations breed uh, is a... Is a uh, breeding grounds for other conversations. And, uh, you know, we get out here and we, we spill our guts, you know, with no hesitation, totally transparency, vulnerability. And, and that's how we started and that's how we are. That's what people expect of us. And it's so easy. I don't think there's no pressure. Now, there's no pressure on my behalf because that's, that's just who we are. You know, we're not running from anything. Um, and, and I like going that way. 
people people call you out. They can see straight through the bullshit. They know Chan going Chan. They know who you are. They know RC going to get on Sports Center. You know, you'll have a two or three people say, oh, Disney. But no, the other 97, 98% going to say, RC a real one. You know, RC spitting that shit. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak to it how you guys speak to it. We, there, we, we don't lose anything by doing that. So uh, there's no pressure to answer your question. There's no pressure. I think it's pressure on him. I don't think it's pressure on Chen. He's so loose. No, no, he's loose. It's no pressure he's on loose. me. He's loose. I would say there's no pressure on me, RC. There's a saying, be yourself, everybody else is taken. And people come up to me, and I love when people come up to me in the airport, going to my son's football practice, out with Asia, and they talk to me. And they walk up to me and they're like, oh man, Chan, and they recognize me and they give me dap. And I'm like, what up, bro? You good? And I look them in the eyes and I'm me. And it's a fulfillment for me when that, when I see the click that, oh, okay, y'all are the same dudes. And I answer, I answer questions about y'all all the time. They're like, yeah, man, the dynamic between y'all, you know, Freddie's the, Freddy's the OG, we all know that. Freddie's the OG, give people flowers, that when he talks, everybody gets quiet and listens. And he can talk as long as the fuck he wants to. He can take four minutes to get to his point, and everybody's just gonna <laughs> sit there. Be honest, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Everybody gonna sit there and listen to that motherfucker until he gets to his point. RC's an order. Bro, you speak so well. You line up stuff so well. And we know you're getting, we, we know how you're getting, but it's beautiful. You it's are beautiful. You, you speak beautifully. You're eloquent. And that's what. And they're like, and you're the wild card. You're gonna ask questions people don't want. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly who we are. And then they meet us and they Chan, know it. Chan, it's if no you pressure. go four shows, like, if, if you go, if you go three shows, if you go three shows and don't say something nasty, there's gonna be people asking what's wrong with you. 100 percent Like I have been told straight up, y'all gotta let the leash off Chan. I had to, like, somebody come, I said, hey, bro, don't nobody tell Chan nothing. I was like, we doing shows. And I said that sometimes the moment presents and he does it. I was like, but we don't force a certain thing. And I was like, and we're freaking layered. You know what I mean? I was like, sometimes it's time to be funny. Sometimes it's time to be serious. What I am having a difficult time figuring out is, and it was like all these things came up at one time. I had this woman talking to me about mental health and the space that we create. I'm going through some things with my family and I have a child who deals with some things mentally. And I was told that like, it was hard to tell you certain things because you are a push through it type of dad. You know, I was told for some people that works. For me, now I know it doesn't. And the hardest part is, and is like, you're just doing your best. Right. Like I, I want to be the best father I could possibly be. Right. And I want to be the best husband I could possibly be. I want to be the best son I could possibly be. I want to be the best host. I want to be the best analyst. I want to be the best trainer. I want to be all these things, the best I could possibly be, which. If you're giving all of those things in all of these pots, what do you have left? Right. Like like when I. When I sit down, when I, when I sit down at night and I think to myself and I'm like, let's go through the pots you've deposited in. How many times did you think of yourself today? Right. And then the next thought is how selfish 
of you is it that you're now thinking about how much you thought of yourself? Because of my mindset of everybody else has to be taken care of. And in not taking care of myself or in, or in working so hard or in doing these things or in telling people push through or pushing through myself all the time, am I just effing everybody up anyway? And it's like, you know, like now, like I actually almost died, but still never thought about dying, mm. you know? But now I think about it all the time and not in this morbid, like I'm scared kind of way. Like in a real, like, oh hell, this could happen. Right. And if it happens and I'm dealing with all these all these things and I'm trying to put all this stuff in place and I'm trying to make sure everybody's OK. What if it happens before everybody's OK? You run your cup empty. You right. run your cup empty. But it, it's it's so. And I would say this with athletes. I don't know if you all agree. We're so performance based that we need an analytical number to figure out what it is. You know if you had more interceptions, you would go to the Pro Bowl. You know if you had more touchdowns, more yards, more yards per carry, whatever, you go to the Pro Bowl. I think something with athletes, you have to have a analytical percentage or something in that nature to see success. And I think we try to do that. And it's something that me and Asia, like Asia explains to me all the time, like you can't quantify everything. I try to quantify everything. Athletes, I think, try to quantify everything because numbers are what we live off. We can't quantify how much time. Okay, well, okay, well, my, my kid's struggling. I spent six hours with him. Okay, they're struggling. Okay, if I spend seven, it's going to be better. Or eight. It doesn't work that way. And I think that's, that's a lot of athletes' problems is that we're judged, we're paid, we're, 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 we're clearly quantified in a box of numbers, box. and we try to we try to figure out that in life, no, and life even, is not Chan, there. you know what it's not about numbers? You know what it is? We were tricked. We were tricked. You know what I was, you know what I was tricked by my coaches? If you work hard, if you do it this way, this is the result, right? If you get in here, and if we bench every single day for the entire summer, your benchmark, and what it was, your max, and what it was in May will be higher in July. And every time I did it, and every time I stayed healthy, every time I listened, it was higher. Yeah. I was stronger, right? If I ate a certain way, it, it, it worked out, right? As long as it was things I could control. If I worked at it, and I did A, B, C, D, then it happened. That's not real life, right? And but, it's like you but put But is it, it not? That, yeah. Is it not? Can, can you not make A, B, C, D in real life and resolve things? Can you not do it? I, I don't think it was necessarily considered being tricked. Like, there's a certain mindset, right? You're talking about getting as close as possible to perfection, the repetition. You know what I'm saying? Trying to be better than you were yesterday. Though. Two percent. Yeah. Each day, getting better each day. And I think we needed that. To be able to be crazy enough to be in that space, in that box. Because we lived our lives between the chalk. Anything, anything outside of that. When somebody asks you how far is something, what would you say? 20 yards, 30, 40. Everything I, I measure is by now. yards. Yep. That's what, because I live within that box. And in terms of pressure, um, I, we put the pressure on ourselves to be great. You had to do that when you... Before you went to the Super Bowl, you put that pressure on yourself. Anything you did in life as an athlete, you put that pressure on yourself. So 
with that, I want to I want to pivot because I think this is something that people need to hear us talk about. Uh, do you guys think it was pressure for the Chicago prosecutors to drop those charges uh, of the uh, of the young man, the 14 year old who shot and killed and defended his mom from the uh, brutal brutal attacks in that restaurant? I think it was a shame that he had to deal with that. I think it was a shame that he got called up to do that. You know what I'm saying? I think that, that should be nothing that anybody gets gets put in that situation as a 14-year-old to protect their mom, and I would I would have done the same. But I, I, I feel for him to have to make that decision at that age is what it is. And the prosecutors, to make it, I don't think he, I think he was doing what he was told. So... For them to drop those charges, I, I'm, 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 I'm not saying I'm with it. I hate to say, like, even we were talking to Travis Rudolph, we're like, and, and at the end of the show, and RC did a great job of saying, like, we don't promote gun violence. Like, I don't think nobody needs to be shot. Like, that's dumb. But a 14-year-old mind shouldn't have to decide between listening to his mom and making a moral decision. And I feel sorry for him for that. I think... I don't know. All people are different. All men are different. I can only speak on my 43 years of living. I've never been told anything by any woman that would make me want to hit her like that. It's never in my life. I've never been out at a party. I've never been in line waiting for food. I've never been in an argument anywhere about anything that made me look at a woman and say to myself, I want to knock her out. And this is for all women. All women should be valued. All women should be given the grace and understanding that a level of emotion that is displayed through words should never be met with violence. Mm -hmm. But for our culture, and I know we're, we just had a show, or we just had a segment where we were talking about it not being a black show. It's like, how much more undervalued and devalued can we make black women? Yeah. Hard, right? Hardest position in the world. Like, you think about, you think about mortality rates in hospitals. There's, there's, no, there's no mortality rate higher than black women. Right. You think about just in the sense of being able to marry men that look like you. That's changed when you see them in the sense of them raising their kids in a situation where they have to. And this isn't every culture situation where they have to raise them alone. How difficult it is for now. You're asking this black woman to raise this black man without a black man. It's different than raising a man of any other color in this country. And we should be asking that America values these people. But on video, right? Think about any time, any time you say, you say, or I say, which I do when an unarmed black man or when an unarmed black individual, a woman, a person, is, is, is killed or shot by the cops, the first thing you hear is black on black crime. No, black on black crime is a misnomer. 
because you kill and you commit crimes on those who are in your vicinity, mm -hmm. on the people who are in your proximity. But that's what they use on us because they like, you don't even care. Or they point to the music and all that stuff. And on video, we have a man cocking back and telling him to knock you out, punching this woman. Carlicia Hood communicates to her son that at the time, Jeremy Brown is beating her. The kid gets the gun out of the car. He's 14 years old. He shoots him. And he fought, the Brown approaches him is what the, the, the records say, and he shoots him again. And so now she's arrested for first-degree murder and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. But really, she's just trying to save her life. Correct. Yeah. Right? And like you said, I don't think, I, I don't think anybody ever just deserves to die. But damn, that's his mama. And to him, ain't nobody else taking care of her. You know what I mean? But that's like, that's on... And I'm not that man. You're not that man. That's on him. Mm -hmm. And I get it. To his family, that doesn't change that they love them. That doesn't change that they'll never get to see him again. That doesn't change the hurt. I'm not saying that it should. I'm not saying that it should be all good that he's dead. But God, leave, bro. And it's just, it's sad. And it's like, you know, it's one of those situations like, do we, we can't be quiet about that. Right. You know, and so like, man... I do think it, I do think it, I don't think it's pressure because I think it's right. I think it's the right decision. I think they did it the right way. Arrest them first, unfortunately. Arrest them first. Go through your due diligence of finding out what happened because somebody did die. He deserves that. He deserves his death to be investigated thoroughly. And when it's done and you come to the right conclusion, let them people go, man. Let them people go. And it's like... I'm tired, bro. But it's the most it's the most marginalized, disrespected sex is women. The most marginalized, disrespected race are black people. A black woman is the most disrespected, marginalized, redlined, all the cute shit you want to say in the world. It's what it is. It's hard to it's it's the hardest person to be every day to wake up as a black woman. And now, how do you navigate that disrespect with a situation like we're speaking of? How do you navigate that? How do you figure out what I'm supposed to do? How do you figure out who I'm supposed to call? Who's supposed to help me? Who's supposed to do it? If the police were there, if the police were sitting there and that, you know, and we know cell phone videos and all, if the police were there, they would have dealt with that, but they weren't there. So what do I do now when I have a, a son and I have somebody that could that could figure that out? And that's the problem with period with women, every color of woman being disrespected in that in, in, in that way and marginalized in that way. But now, how do I deal with this situation at hand? And I think it's a lot of a lot of times and a lot of things that happen with people, people of all colors. Yeah, this is the way it's supposed to be. But as we watched that video, we saw what happened. What would you do if that was happening to you current moment right now? And that's what I think a lot of people need to open their, open their eyes to it, open their minds to. You know, I think when it, it, went, it, it went along the lines of being shot in a restaurant, and then some reports say he followed him out. So force was initiated, then he went and finished him off per some reports, but I, I believe there's only one person in the world, or actually that was in the world, 
that would disagree with the force that the young man used, and that's the aggressor who's no longer here. Everybody else would typically say the young man did the right thing by protecting his mom. I mean, what else are you going to do? Oh, you're 14. What, what else are you going to do? So I think the prosecutors got it right. The, the hardest part about decision-making in the law is that as much as they try to make it black and white, sometimes it's gray. I think this is a situation that is gray. Travis Rudolph's situation is a situation where it's gray. But the larger factor is, like, how much life do you take from people? In Travis's case, it took two years from it. Mm -hmm. You know, from 2021 to 2023, your life is forever changed. And I think that those are the things that you have to really look at in that. My, you know, even in, in having this discussion, though, you think about what we're tasked to do, right? And the questions that we're asked, you know, you mentioned being at Jason Lee's Impact Awards. And the question is like, like, what do you guys consider success? And like Fred said something super sexy, you know. When, I was gonna ask you about that super sexy scene. Could you imagine doing a whole show on First Take or any of your segments on ESPN, like, you know, NFL Live, like in my voice? No, cause I can't make your voice. Try it. I'm not gonna try it. You should try it. I'm not gonna make myself hey, look hey, foolish. Hey, it's Ryan Clark here. He's on. like, but like, as soon as he's still like, they're like, hey, Fred, so what are you looking forward here tonight at the Impact Awards? Shit, I'm looking for some sexy shit. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did he not say that? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, I was like, what? Hey, we, we, and we, remember we, the lady goes, we had some round hey, tables. Hey, and the lady goes, well, I'm trying to do what you're trying to do. And he's like, I don't well, know I'm what trying. that was Yeah, about. I was like, that part? Hey, look, I look back. Whoa, that, that is not why. I was uncomfortable. Hey, I was uncomfortable. Hey, bro, how about Jason Lee's security guard wanting to put hands on us, though? Yeah, yeah, he so, ran up on us. He, he was doing his job. He, but he didn't want no, that smoke. Fred. No, no, he was doing his hey, job. Hey, Fred, he actually was not doing his job. No. All three of us got to Jason. Well, yeah, that part. Uh, but Ryan, who Ryan grabbed that? him, you grabbed him, I picked him <laughs> off the ground, and then the man would have run up with his arm bowed. <laughs> Bitch, you failed you at this. You failed. Jason is joke. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, he is taken. We, <laughs> hey, Jason. You could have kidnapped Jason. You could have took Jason Lee Jason, from his own awards, put bro. Him in, put him in the car and drove away, and then the man would have still been sitting there with his hey, elbow bowed. Hey, but wait. Why, though, there is my biggest problem with him, no Chan. After he realized it was cool, right? Because Jason's like, oh, no, nah, these my boys. He doubted everybody. No, he was still bucked up, though. Bowed up. Yeah, like, hey, man, put your arms down, dog. Like, we... I, I flexed his little elbow back down. It was like <laughs> that. I pushed a little elbow in. I was like, bro, you good. Yeah. I pushed a little elbow down. He was about 6'4", but he was he was 192 pounds. Yeah, he... he Jason yeah. need to hire some bigger motherfuckers to protect him. I'll tell him now, Jason, get some bigger dudes. <laughs> hey, man, this was a good show. It's always good, man, when we get to chop it up. Everybody straight? Anybody else need anything? No, no, nah, nah, I, I do want to go back before we shut it down. I know we got to shut it down. About the Impact Awards, though. You know, we, we came out, we supported Jason, but it wasn't about that. It was actually showing up, you know, and, uh, and, and being an impact, giving back. What do you guys think about our visit to Hollywood Unlock Impact Awards? How was it? Everything was free. That's a, I'm a big fan of free. <laughs> no, I think I was, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. 
in those settings. Why? Uh, it's weird, because you, you know what? It's weird that you are uncomfortable. That's why I'm saying People why. You. Yeah, they do. I'm very uncomfortable in those settings. I think um, I spent... I spent so much time rationalizing why I never get invited to them. I think I, I spent, you know, I never went to Super Bowls I didn't play in. Mm. You know, I, I've said that before. Uh, this year I'm gonna go to the ESPYs, right? It's be the, must be my first time ever. Um, Yank would always be like, why don't we go to the ESPYs? You work for ESPN. And my thing was always, because I don't want to get like some bunk ticket because I asked for a ticket because I work for ESPN and they like sit me at the top. You know, I was like, when you go to those things, like they care about the, the players and they care about the award winners or the entertainers that they, that they bring in. And it, it honestly hasn't been, bro, until us that I've been in these situations. We went to... Uh, Komodo mm. for the opening. Dallas. Uh, for Happy Dad and, and, and Grubman. And like, I remember when we first got in, it was packed, bro. And when we first got in, I just put my back against the wall. And not like put my back against the wall like I used to do when we went to the club that was in Port Allen when I was in college, because I knew I put my back against the wall so they couldn't steal me from here yeah. when they played like Nuck If You Buck or, you know, like I knew, yeah. okay, we finna throw. It wasn't like that. It was just like I was uncomfortable. And then when I get in atmospheres where everybody has to be somebody, right? Like what I like is we go to like a hole in the, a hole in the wall that my dad would like and we just sit in the corner and like we could drink and just talk. And But when you're in those places and everybody has to be on and every interaction has to be this interaction about who you are, like that's, un, that's uncomfortable for me. And I thought it was beautiful. And then I see people who like, flourishing it, right? Like when Floyd walked in, I was like, this is, this is what he does. You know what I mean? He had the, the vest on, he had the brim on, he was iced out, cheesing, smiling, just as comfortable because that spotlight is where he's best. I'm not, you know, like my, I've said it before, like my baseline is like work. My baseline is trying to get there. And so now being there, and having an, and I don't have an imposter syndrome because like I don't, I don't just walk around that room like, oh, everybody's better than me. But I do feel a level of like social anxiety and discomfort in those settings, which I'm working on, but like, it's hard for me. And it's so crazy because of the fact that I, like I've said it before, I didn't believe in, in mental, like the mental health stuff until I was around Joy Porter and Ricky Williams. And Peasy is crazy. And Ricky, I've watched him at Prime 112 with me and Ronnie Brown sit there and have a wonderful, loving conversation like we're having right now. And then some people walk in and we expand the table and five, four or five people sit down and I, could, I see him, I was with Rick the other week and I've told him, I told, we talk about this story and he's kind of, he laughs about it. <laughs> And I could see him melt as a person. And I saw the social anxiety stuff. But I don't understand. Like, I can't fathom why you. And I'm social, which is the I, other weird part. It's, and that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I can't fathom why you it's weird, bro. feel that way in a room of people that want to be around you. Because I've said it before. I really feel when I walk in a room, like, I want to tell everybody you're welcome. I feel that way. And... 
you like y'all can see it. Like Yo, when I walk around, like you think you're the best thing in I every room we go into. I think I'm the best looking, the smartest, the best, the the most intelligent, <sighs> the everything in the room I'm in. And honestly, y'all probably got me if I want to be truthful to myself. But I don't feel that way when I'm in the room. And it and we've talked about this off camera. I'm glad we're talking about it on camera. It I do not understand why you're like that because. What you do and the skill level you have and the things you've done on and now off the field are fucking superior to 95, 99% of people I know. And I get upset with you when I see you leaning against the wall. I'm a small group guy. You know I, what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, you make me mad when you leave. <laughs> yeah, you were like, what is wrong with you? Get your ass <laughs> off this wall and come talk to these people. Right, right. That's what he needs to do. I mean, you're dope, bro. Yeah. But I understand it. Yeah, I, I just, mean, I, I get I don't it. don't know, man. I think I was probably more social in settings like that when I accomplished less because I felt like it was less pressure to, to, to be a certain thing or whatever. And I don't know. I mentioned death earlier and that we are getting older. Uh, a friend of mine passed recently, um, Clark Hagens. Uh, we played together in Pittsburgh, and uh, he has a daughter. And the son, Damon and Elena, his ex-wife, his mother. And the last time I saw him was at Troy's Hall of Fame induction and Alan Fanica, uh, Coach Cower. And so it was like a really big Pittsburgh Steeler gathering and function. And he had dealt with some, with some demons, uh, with some substance abuse. And his mom was like always with him. And she was so happy. And he was so happy to see us. Um, you know, Clark was 46, man. And um, I got the call on the, on the day it happened from Jack Kearney. Uh, he's the chief of police in Pittsburgh. He was always our head of security. Exactly. And uh, he was, and, and like Jack's like, like Jack's kind of like Jack Bauer off of 24. He's just one of those dudes, man. Like, doesn't get emotional. You feel like if the world was ending, he'd be the one fighting for it. And he was like, crying, you know what I mean? Like, like grown men don't cry. And um, in that time, man, and y'all been around it, he's like, he's like, man, he's like, y'all were so special. He's like, I'm so grateful I got to be a part of that. And he's like, and we, we lost one. And so I wanna dedicate this show to Clark. Um, I don't know what your demons or the things that you fought did to your loved ones. But you were always beautiful to be around. And you made us happy, and you made us smile, and you worked like nobody else worked that I was ever around. And you live with a joy, man, that even if it was only 46 years, you brightened so many people's day. And I don't know if your family will see this, but my condolences, our condolences, our prayers, and our thoughts are with you all. I love you, brother. See you soon. Five three. <clears throat> Five three. Beautiful. My man. Oh. It's crazy, bro. Hold up. Limitless. Biggest semi-cap in it. I thought they here to witness it. 
Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on the mission, get me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, on the bitch, you not to trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a semi-cap in it.